This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3385 for Friday, the 23rd of July 2021. Today's show is entitled, Did I Cat Feeder? It is hosted by Operator and is about 14 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, I talk about 3D printed cat feeders. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio with your host, Operator. Today, I'm going to be talking about cat feeders. So if you're not interested in DIY, Arduino, and 3D printing, um, and cats, then it's probably not the best for you. So it's all kind of started when um, our cat tended to meow a lot and have lots of vocal things to be fed, and, you know, it would be right at or near seven o'clock when we feed the cat, um, sometimes 30 minutes before, sometimes an hour before, and he would start meowing and driving, driving my wife nuts. Um, I thought it was hilarious and I would just keep messing with the cat and, and we would all meow together as a giant family and, and, uh, torment my wife. But I thought it would be best to think about some options. And I said, you know what, what we could do is set up an automatic feeder. So I'm going to go through that uh, whole, uh, scenario and kind of give you the story a year or two, three later. So, uh, started out to think, okay, well, I've got access to a 3d printer. Um, I could 3d print my own. I could obviously buy one. Um, but I thought it would be a nice project cause I hadn't done any of the, uh, Arduino stuff. I had done some Pi stuff before, and I may have done some Arduino stuff before, but I can't remember. Um, but uh, I think that was my first time doing Arduino stuff. And then the Pi stuff, I've worked on several Pies that weren't mine or whatever. Um, and I'm kind of generally familiar with how they all work. Um, so it's not super interesting to me, but um, I wanted to get a go at uh, the Arduino stuff. So this one is on Thingiverse, which is a 3D printable and other things uh, that you can 3D print and or make. Um, I, it's not specific to 3D printing. There's other stuff up there. To DIY. Um, and the one I landed on, and I'll put it in the show notes, the ID of the thing is 27854. Again, that's 27854. And it is a auger based cat feeder by Catlin, Kitlin. Um, so essentially what it is, is um, two halves of an auger and then a mounting system for, I think it's 1.5 or a one inch uh, PVC 1.5 inch PVC joint, um, 12 volt adapter 0.3 amps is not enough. Um, so there's some notes in there about his, his stuff. I built it. Um, I didn't have any problems. I had to do a lot of, a fair amount of sanding on the auger to make it smooth. So the auger 
is uh, obviously 3D printed, so the steps on the auger are kind of rigid. So I tried to I tried to do my best to um, uh, sand the edges where it was going to hit the PVC. So I had to do a fair bit of sanding to get it all happy. Um, and then um, after gluing it together, um, I, I did a lot of sanding. Um, not an overabundant amount, not a not a amount that would be frustrating enough to where the project wouldn't be worth it. Um, but I did do more sanding than I thought I would need to. Um, again, this is my first project. So it basically comes, uh, you get a little um, CV, uh, not a CV, but what do they call them? Servos. Um, you get a servo, pop it in there. Servos can be kind of programmed to rotate either 360 degrees or clockwise or counterclockwise, or you can tell it to rotate one direction this way maximum or one direction that way maximum. Um, so you can kind of set how you want them. Same kind of thing you see on like RC cars. Those are, those are servos. So anyways, the servo and the ingenious part of it is that, um, a lot of these feeding mechanisms jam and, and, and things like that. This one in particular has, uh, it goes forward a little bit and then goes back and then goes forward a little bit and then goes back to reduce jamming. That way, if a piece of food gets stuck in there, um, it will kind of unjam itself uh, because of the, the programming that's in there. So I thought that was uh, interesting and one that allowed for error corrections and things like that. Um, some of the other, there's a million cat feeders up there. Some of the other ones just didn't look like they would be uh, simple enough and or uh, less not prone to issues. Um, so I ended up setting it all up. I used a um, gallon jug with cutout, just kind of taped the bottom of it. And as a proof of concept, um, it's been about, I want to say maybe four hours building it after 3d printing the thing. So all in all, it's probably five hours worth of work, um, coding, printing, sanding, um, proof of concepting to proof of concept. I would say it's about five hours. So not a lot of work, but more than you would think for a little job like this. But it was a first time 3D printing use um, other than fun. Anyways, so I'll get into the technical part. Uh, it worked um, and it uh, was on a timer. But, you know, I had a friend, uh, it's kind of an electronics guy, said, you know, you don't want to leave this on. You don't want to really leave it plugged in. It's kind of a proof of concept, danger, danger. And hmm, my wife had overheard that. And she had purchased a, um, it was like during Christmas time, she had purchased an auto feeder from, from China or whatever, um, that was on sale somewhere. And we ended up using that one. You can record stuff. And to this day, three or four years later, it actually still works, uh, surprisingly. So what I'll say about the auto feeders in general is that there is uh, some kind of bonding element that goes along. I didn't do a whole lot of reading into it, but Arquette seemed to still exhibit, uh, things around the cat feeding time. He would just kind of be odd and off, off putting and come to find out, I think it's kind of a bonding slash ritual thing. So if, you know, if the food comes out of the cat feeder, they don't necessarily put two and two together, um, either right away or at all. Um, because it's kind of like a, a routine or a, um, a bonding thing. So if the machine feeds the cat, you kind of lose which kind of makes sense. You kind of lose some of that bonding or whatever you want to call it, um, expectation or ritual or whatever. And there's some, I think from what I was reading, it feels like there's some kind of 
you know, if you have a robot feeding your cat, it's not as mentally healthy as physically feeding your cat and, you know, petting it and all that crap. Um, we, our cat gets plenty of attention, mind you, by my wife, unfortunately. Um, uh, so uh, that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, another thing is the side of your food, the size of your food. Um, are they small pellets? Are they big pellets? Um, we used it for a while. The cat wouldn't eat. Um, he would kind of eat and then he wouldn't eat and then he would kind of eat and the bowl would start getting fuller and fuller. Um, they have these, um, the one I've seen is purple. It's a, uh, device in which you drop the food in and it's got these little pillars almost these round, uh, soft pillars. And, um, it, uh, it, the, the food goes down in there and they have to kind of fish it out. So if you have a cat that tends to eat too much, you can use one of these, um, they call them like, I don't know what they're called, but they're cat anti-eating food cat things, fest things. Um, so this one in particular is like purple, it's oval and it's, uh, got a raised, uh, surface to it and the food goes in there and it falls down, um, the, the raised surface and then distributes the cat food kind of all across the, the bowl or device or whatever so that they can, they can get to the cat food, but they don't have to eat it like crazy. Um, we even tried that and he seemed to still have issues kind of initiating eating and eating enough and all his food. Um, we were feeding him a normal amount and he wasn't eating that like at all for a while. Um, so my wife started getting nervous and mixing in, of course, wet, fancy cat food. And now here it is three years later, um, they were back to the same problem, if not even worse, because the cat demands the, the wet cat food or whatever. Um, so anyways, we have fancy cat food. It's anti this or whatever. It's supposed to be fancy cat food. That's like almost prescription or whatever, um, to help with, uh, your UTIs. Um, if your cat has issues, they rarely exhibit signs because cats don't, whatever the term is, cats don't uh, show pain very well. So if your cat's acting odd, really be careful about, especially UTIs because, um, you can kind of rub their belly and tell if there's any pressure there. Um, so keep an eye on your cat, you know, feel what your cat's belly feels like with a normal tension of the belly and around that area. And then in that way, if you do have a UTI on your hands, your cat's not going to be dead by the time you figure out what's going on. Cause things can go bad quickly. Ours was, uh, on its back, uh, behind the toilet, like waiting to die. Um, cause I came in and he was just like, Meh, and I was like, something's wrong. We got to take the cat to the vet. Um, and they said that, you know, he was pretty much like about to die cause he was, you know, ex about to explode. Um, so anyways, um, he had a UTI and we had to keep him elevated. I don't know how you keep a cat elevated, but anyways, um, that's pretty much it. Um, I think I might've mentioned uh, or had a podcast about my old cat feeder. Um, this was a dual cat feeder. And I'm pretty sure I did an episode about it. If not, um, I'm just going to go over it real quickly. It's two cat feeder doors. So there's RFID cat doors you can get for about $100 a piece. I ended up giving them both away and losing my butthole on that. And um, we had two cats and two fancy, one of them had fancy cat food because of the UTI. Um, we since have then gotten rid of the other cat. But we had two at one point in time. So I got two of these RFID cat feeders. I... Um, put the leashes, the, the RFID things on their, 
on their neck and it took them quite some time to get used to it. Um, the way I designed it was a, uh, if you've seen the styrofoam coolers, cheap styrofoam coolers, um, in hindsight, you should use a hot knife and leave yourself about half an inch of, um, meltiness room. Um, cause if you draw a line to cut, it's going to melt way more than, than you, you expect. So you want to leave yourself about a half an inch on the measurements. But the idea is, uh, the hot knife will melt through the, um, styrofoam and do a better cutting job as opposed to cutting styrofoam, which makes a flipping mess. So, um, if you want to kind of be environmentally friendly, sort of kind of, I mean, the fumes are awful for you, but, um, you can use the hot, like old hot butter knife. So if you, if you keep an old hot bread knife, um, I have an old bread knife that I use for all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and I'll heat the idea is you heat that bread knife up and then you use that to cut, uh, the precise uh, measurements of the styrofoam, um, with the meltiness of the, the, the bread knife. So anyways, I've got these two cat feeders and then I, um, kind of set up a partition in the middle and then I put the bowl on one side and a bowl on the other. So the, um, whole enclosure was, you know, three feet long, maybe, um, if that, and then it was partitioned down the middle and each cat, each side had a cat door on it. Um, it did take a while to train them. One, one of the cats actually flipped the styrofoam up, which is relatively light. Um, he flipped it up and just ate both cat food. Um, but, uh, after a while they, after some, uh, things, cause cats don't like things touching their ears or head. They want to see what's going on around them and for them to stick their head inside of a hole, uh, and have a door touching their head and have to eat without being able to see what's around them. Um, in hindsight, that's not probably the best idea. You probably want to have it big enough or, uh, where they can get in there and be safe, um, and physically be inside of the device. Um, that might help, but anyways, um, cats don't want to, well, don't want to have to use their heads to open a door. Um, that took a, quite some time to, for them to figure out because they put their paw in front of the door to try to push the door open and their neck wouldn't be close enough to activate the RFID. So they would sit there and struggle to try to get the door open. Um, and then finally after about a day or two, they, they all figured out, um, if there's food, they'll find a way <laughs> to get it. If you haven't had a cat go at your food bowl or a food bag while you're out of town or whatever. They'll, they'll find a way to feed themselves generally. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, be nice to your cats, be nice to your pets. Um, um, you know, get a, get a pet comb and brush your cat, especially if it's got lots of hair. Anyways, hope that helps somebody out and, uh, y'all have a good one. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.